What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show. It is Friday, January 19th. We're scooting along here in January. I can't even believe we're, what, 12 days away from February? So fast. Like, where's this year gone? Maybe it's because we've been so involved talking about the Miami Dolphins, or at least I have. Maybe not everybody's year is going fast, but so far, mine is. And this week, it's been a lot about burying the Miami Dolphins. Their funeral, the autopsy, the viewing, the memorial. Tomorrow will be one week since the Miami Dolphins season ended. The good news is... At least from a football-watching perspective, and that's something that all of you in the audience do. Because if you don't watch football, then I think you tuned in to the wrong station. But I'm glad you're here. Don't go anywhere. Because I talk about food and travel and... So, this is fine. From a football-watching perspective this weekend, I think we're going to get some really good games. And usually, this is when we get the best. Divisional weekend, it gives us classics. It could be some of the best football that we see the entire season. So I'm going to be paying attention to all of it. My advice is to sit back, relax, and enjoy. We got four games this weekend. Next weekend is Championship Sunday. That means we're down to two games. And then that's it. It'll be the Super Bowl and... I, I just don't like the week leading up to the Super Bowl. That's the worst. Not here, but everywhere else, it is the worst. Radio Row. Just a bunch of random interviews where people are pitching a product you could not care less about. Such random products. Oh, and by the way, before you go, uh, what's the final score going to be? And nobody remembers anybody's prediction that's the only thing leading up to the Super Bowl that I dislike to the fullest extent so we got football this weekend we got a big night tonight for the Miami Heat they're retiring a jersey this evening UD's number 40 is going up in the rafters tonight so that's going to be special a lot of UD's former teammates including D Wade he'll be there UD deserves to be honored. It seems like (laughs) I've done this show I don't know how many times because it feels like UD's been honored 20 times. However, when your number is going up into the rafters, that is very special. I'd much rather talk about UD and the Miami Heat than continuing to bury the Miami Dolphins, because it's Friday. We're supposed to be in a better mood. I don't know how your Friday started, but I'll tell you how mine did. So yesterday, yesterday evening, I flew from Medellin to Pereira. Pereira is a smaller city here in Colombia. And I've been in this country, Colombia, doing the show the entire week. I'm back in Medellin now. It was just a a one-day, quick, one-night trip. But this morning, this morning I had an early flight. It was like 7.45 this morning. Not a problem. I don't mind early flights. 
But because I had the early flight, I had to wake up pretty early. I set my alarm for 5.30. This way I could just scroll through messages while I'm still laying in bed. I'm not going to just jump up, brush my teeth, shower, and leave. So I left the hotel room a little after 6. I get downstairs because the airport, it takes like five minutes to get there and you don't have to show up to the last minute. This isn't like a big airport or anything. So I go down to breakfast at the hotel and it's a big hotel. It's got nine floors. It's a really big uh, place. I'm eating breakfast. There's about 45 or 50 other people downstairs. It's a huge area where you have breakfast. I'm sitting there having my first cup of coffee, and about 10 minutes in, the entire floor and everything around me starts not just shaking, but moving, like violently moving. So I'm sitting there in my chair, and it's, it's moving like big time, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I kind of have an idea of what this probably is, but there's a lot of other places I've gone and maybe there's like a a kitchen where things are happening and things just shake a lot or there's a train like at the airport in Miami, although I wasn't at the airport here, I was at a hotel. The airport in Miami, one of the lounges when the train used to work, the, the ground would shake in the lounge. So I'm used to being, my point is I'm used to being in places where it's shaking and it's not what you think it is. So that was going through my mind first because I've had so many other instances where it's just shaking, but it's nothing severe. That was about four seconds, three seconds going through my head. And then I kind of went into not a, full state of shock, but I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this is an earthquake and, and this is pretty violent here. I mean, the the shaking is severe. I look around and everybody else is looking around because for a couple of seconds, your mind just goes into a state of shock and the door, there's a glass door that I was, I was sitting in front of. The table was in front of the glass door, which opens. It wasn't open. And I stood up, opened the glass door, and everybody, 45 or 50 people, just go running out the door. What I did was I opened up the door just casually. I grabbed my bag. I had a backpack. And I just walk out the door like... (laughs) Like I'm strolling and everyone else is running. They're, they're running out the door, which is the right thing to do. I'm born and raised in South Florida. I'm used to hurricanes. I'm not used to earthquakes. So for me, I, I haven't put it through my head yet. Even though this is the, this is the second, I'd call it, pretty big earthquake that I've been in. The other one, it was years ago here in Medellin where I am now, but this one was very close to Pereira. It was felt here in Medellin, but I was near 
the epicenter. Thankfully, it was pretty deep. So the deeper an earthquake is, the less you feel it, even though this was very strong. If it wasn't as deep, it would have been a lot stronger. So I'm just not used to that. And I'm just casually grabbing my bag and walking out the door, going outside. I wasn't even like getting away from the building so quickly. And later on, as time went by, we only stood out there for five minutes and then we all went back in. But as time went by and as the day went on, I said to myself, that's, that's pretty stupid what I was doing. Just sitting there, there's eight stories above me and I'm just casually like grabbing my stuff and walking out and there's an earthquake happening where if it really is extremely bad, a building could collapse. Even if a building isn't collapsing, something is falling from one of the floors above and it could hit you. So I got to put that through my head. I, I haven't learned it yet. It's a flaw. And being here so much in South America, these things happen. But I'm a, I'm a Miami kid. I'm a Florida guy. I'm not supposed to be used to this or know what to do. And I guess that's how other people are when a hurricane comes. You hear about all this preparation, and that's, a, that's one of the only good things about a hurricane is that at least you can prepare for it. But you have foreigners who will be in Miami, and they've never been through a hurricane. And they're like, yeah, okay, I mean, just don't go near a window or something, but it could be a really big deal. So that was my morning. That woke me up. I actually had one less cup of coffee today because that earthquake, and it wound up being a 5.6 magnitude. 5.6 is no joke. I mean, we're not talking about a 6 or a 7 or higher, but a 5.6 that happens near you, it was within 22 miles of where I was, which is pretty close for an earthquake. That's uh, that's legit, and it's something I won't forget. Sitting there at breakfast and everything is not just it's not just shaking. Like everything is moving side to side and the floor is moving and then when I got to the airport I said I hope the airport's open I hope they don't have to do one of these nine hour inspections on the runway thankfully it was open and the plane left with no problem but I think I need to teach myself a lesson here I am this week talking about Mike McDaniel needing to teach himself a lesson and learn and it's been years now, but this is the second pretty big earthquake uh, that I've been in, and neither time did I do what you're supposed to do. And both times, I knew what was going on. Some of you are from California. You're here in South Florida now, and you're you're like an expert on what to do. I am not an expert. But at least I'm here for you and nothing happened. Nobody got hurt. Imagine I wouldn't have been able to do the show for you on this Friday. What in the world would you have done? So if you want to look up videos on Twitter about just the the earthquake, just put earthquake and Pereira, you'll have to figure out how to spell it. I mean, I know how to spell it, but I'm not going to start a spelling class here. 
just Google it, Earthquake Columbia. Look at my social media. I posted a little picture, but nothing. You know how I always like taking pictures and videos? It never even went through my mind while it was happening to take a video of like people running all over the place and the room shaking. And, and I guess that's a good thing. My priority usually is get the video. But I, my mind was in a state of shock. And when your mind gets like that, you're not thinking about taking a video. Plus, I don't know, can you have a scoop on an earthquake? Like the first video? I don't know how good of a... Slater's scoop! That would be, but I never even thought about it. What I did think about, though, prepping for this hour was moving along, at least for now, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. I'm sure on Monday, after I'm done watching these games this weekend, I will have a lot more to say about the Dolphins compared to what we see. But right now, I'm kind of over it. And tonight is a big night in downtown Miami. But I can't discuss it. I want to, and I will, but I can't until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. Number 40 is one of one. Udonis Haslam. Having his jersey retired tonight, he is absolutely worthy of it. He's worthy of the hype. He's worthy of the praise. UD is deserving of everything that comes his way. You know, it's pretty cool for a lot of reasons. First of all, if you go through all the jerseys that the Miami Heat have retired, Alonzo Mourning, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Tim Hardaway, Shaquille O'Neal. Those guys... What do they all have in common? They're all Hall of Famers. LeBron James will have his number retired eventually. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Udonis Haslam, he is not going into the Hall of Fame. But that doesn't make him any less worthy of the honor. We always talk about undrafted free agents for the Miami Heat. How other teams have to draft these guys in the lottery, but the Miami Heat are just able to pluck guys out of nowhere and develop them into great players. Well, UD is the OG of that trend. UD went to Gainesville. He was much heavier than his playing weight. He played a little overseas in France, and he was undrafted in 2002. That's when he played a season in France. And then he caught on with the Miami Heat the following year. It was August of 2003. And that was the same year the Miami Heat drafted a guy named Dwayne Wade. Look, UD is heat culture. It's pretty simple. When people talk about heat culture, about the hard work the Miami Heat put in and how well-conditioned their players are and how they outwork other teams... All of that right there is Udonis Haslam. 
UD was the so-called culture carrier. He was that for years and years and years. The Miami Heat kept UD on that roster. They saved a spot for him all the time. He was able to teach the Miami Heat way to whoever really wanted it. He's a VP in the organization now because he's one of the people who still helps instill what it means to be a member of the Miami Heat. Can you feel the heat down in your soul? I feel the heat down in my soul. UD is a winner. I think that's the most important thing to remember about Udonis. Some of you might remember the incident on the Gratney. Or maybe I'm the only one that remembers that. But that's not what UD's remembered for. He's not a Hall of Famer in terms of points, but UD was a huge part of three championships. He was always, and I mean always, the enforcer for Dwayne Wade. If teams wanted to knock down D. Wade because he had the high-flying style that he played with, if they wanted to mess with him, they always had to deal with UD backing him up. One of the big reasons that Wade was so successful in the league is because UD had his back. People respected UD. Nobody wanted to mess with that dude. And he always represents the 305. Community functions, press conferences, no matter where it is, UD is there. That's a big part of him, 305. He's the heart and soul of the 305. Uncle Luke, Udonis Haslam. UD is 305 until he dies. He's always supporting so many different events, other teams. He makes South Florida proud on the court. He's a community leader. He does charity work. UD is just a, a great individual. I don't know UD personally. The closest I've ever been to UD besides covering a Miami Heat game was on the SkyTrain at Miami International Airport. I was going to Shocker, Medellin. I don't know where he was going, but there he was. I was standing. He was sitting. That's the closest I've ever been to him. UD's just all 305. I mean, the dude's even taking the SkyTrain. Gosh, I, I love that SkyTrain when it used to work. Mayor held a press conference yesterday, says part of it will be operating by the end of March. We'll see about that. And then the, the final part, the most important part of the SkyTrain at the airport, supposedly will be operational again by the end of the year. <laughs> so right now, if UD goes to MIA, he can't take the SkyTrain. He's going to have to hop on one of those golf carts that you can never flag down. But UD's all about the 305. He's not flying out of FLL. He's flying out of MIA. He's so much bigger than basketball. They're not hanging up his jersey with a bunch of statistics. UD wasn't about the stats. This is about honoring a guy who is everything that Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra want out of every player that walks into that building. There were always guys more talented than Udonis. 
but nobody outworked him. All those years, they held a roster spot for him. Every year. Do you have any idea the type of physical shape he kept himself in? And the cool thing about UD is that he impacted several generations of Heat players. He was a big part of Shaq and Wade. He was a big part of the big three. And even today, Bam and Jimmy, those two guys were absolutely influenced by him. Bam took over the captain role from him. So all of that talk about being the best conditioned, the hardest working, the toughest, meanest team in the league, all of that talk has been passed down because we have seen guys, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, undrafted guys have found roles, key roles, with the Heat. You don't think they looked to UD for inspiration? Absolutely they did. And you can't define that sort of greatness. Anytime you have a banner getting lifted to the rafters, it's a big deal. Because banners are forever. Udonis' jersey will hang at the Miami Heat's arena forever. I'm not going to say at the Kaseya Center forever because in 20 years from now, maybe the Heat won't even be playing there. They'll be playing in a brand new arena. Whatever arena the Miami Heat call home, whatever the name is, whatever the location, UD's jersey will forever hang there. Grandkids will know about it. Who's that number 40? That's what they'll be asking. And others will have quite a story to tell. It's really cool to see those kind of nights happening. You see D. Wade and Chris Bosh, and now you'll see Udonis's number up there, along with others. For me, though, I mentioned Wade Bosch and, and UD because I watched those guys for so long and talked about them so many times here on this show. And now they're legends. So it's pretty cool. The Miami Heat, as far as the actual team is concerned, and what they're doing this season, well, they're about to start their second half. Kind of like I'm about to start the second half of the hour. I've been talking and talking and talking, but hey, this is a talk show, so that's what I'm supposed to do. What you can do if you want to play some poker Head on over to Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. The Lucky Hearts Poker Open is going on right now. The main event in the Lucky Hearts Poker Open has a guaranteed prize pool with $2 million. That is the minimum amount of money that will be in the prize pool for the main event in the Lucky Hearts Poker Open. There are so many different tournaments happening right now all part of the Lucky Hearts Poker Open. 80-plus tables set up there in the ballroom at the Hard Rock. For the entire tournament schedule, visit SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That's SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. And then get on over to Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood because the cards are flying, there's a lot of action, and a lot of money up for grabs 
all part of the Lucky Hearts Poker Open going on right now at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Not only does UD's jersey go up in the rafters tonight getting retired, but the second half of the Miami Heat season is now underway. There's going to be a lot of emotion in the building, but at the same time, the Miami Heat are playing a basketball game. They're taking on the Atlanta Hawks, and Miami's starting their second half. They're at the midway point. You got an 82-game schedule, and they're seven games above 500. I would say the first half of the Miami Heat season has been fine. I'm okay with it. It hasn't been bad. They're seven games over. But at the same time, it hasn't been what I would call great. It hasn't been really good. The word that I would use to describe the Heat's first half is inconsistent. And it's not necessarily the play that's been inconsistent. It's been the lineups. The Miami Heat have had more than 20 different starting lineups. The Heat's current big three, the three guys who are going to be the most important if they're going to succeed come playoff time, that would be Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. Those guys, out of the 41 games, they've only played 10 of those together. 10! 10 out of 41. You're talking about the three most important guys on this team. If the Miami Heat will succeed come playoff time, they'll need Jimmy, they'll need Bam, they'll need Tyler. Those guys have played 10 games together. And the reason is because they've been playing musical chairs with injuries. I would love to see those three get more and more time together here in this second half. Jimmy needs to know right now is the time to kick it into gear. Eric Spolstra, he knows better than anyone how to use the regular season. I mean, the regular season is meant to put the team in a good playoff position, but most importantly, you want to be healthy when the playoffs come around. You got to have a great understanding of your team. You need to know what lineups are going to work together. Who needs rest during the regular season to make sure that they're going to be at full health come playoff time. You need to know which groupings are going to work well, not just to start the game, but to end the game and in the second quarter and the third quarter. You got to know all of that. I can assure you, that Spoh's trying to win every single regular season game. He's not going out there during a game saying, eh, well, we just need to practice this today like it's spring training or something. But while trying to win a game, he does mess with the lineups. And I don't blame him. He wants to see if Jaime can play well with Jimmy. He wants to see if Bam compliments Duncan or how he compliments him. He wants to see if Duncan and Tyler can play at the same time. Or are you giving up too much defensively? Yeah, you're trying to win every game. But you're also trying to make sure you're ready come playoff time. And Eric Spolster is a complete professional when it comes to that. He's answering 
all of these questions right now. When the real season begins, which is after 82 games, Eric Spolster wants those 82 previous games of data to go ahead and use to make his playoff decisions. And that's why I want the three most important guys on this team healthy because not only do they need to work on their chemistry, and if those three guys are going to be the franchise players in a key playoff game, well, I mean, obviously you need them to work on their chemistry. But you also need to see who's going to be in there come closing time. My guess is that we will see, with those three players healthy, we will see in closing time Jaime Hawkins Jr. and we'll see Caleb Martin. Kyle Lowry, if he's not traded, what role is he going to have? What about Duncan Robinson? There are so many different ways this Miami Heat team may be able to get you, and that's what makes them a very tough out. They truly are deep. And they've been able to keep their heads above water with all of these injuries. What's going to happen when this group is really healthy? What then? That's what I want to see, at least for a stretch of the regular season and then come playoff time. My vision is that this Heat team is deeper than last year's. Jimmy Butler was playing out of this planet last season, like on another level. That Milwaukee series was nuts. And he was doing that until he sprained his ankle. And even though he wasn't out, he was never the same after that. What happens with last year's Heat team if Jimmy was 100%? I don't know. I would have loved to have seen it. A perfectly healthy Jimmy the whole way through? I think right around now is when he starts to turn up his conditioning. I think he starts to get ready now. It's January. It's go time. And... Hey, the Dolphins are done. So for me, it's like go time. It's time for me to have a sharper focus on this Heat squad. I want to know where they're going to be heading and what they're going to be doing. I want to see how they're going to use the regular season here in the second half to warm up for the playoffs. So that's kind of where my focus is going. Now, I'll still be watching the games this weekend. I'm not putting aside football just because the Dolphins are out of it. But in a lot of these games coming up in the NFL tomorrow and Sunday, I'll look at them, but I'll I'll have a perspective when it's over and also while it's happening with like Miami Dolphins sunglasses on. I'll look at it through a Dolphins lens and then I'll be coming on here and talking about it from a local perspective. There is a wager that is in this weekend. Marlins man hit me up. Real conversation the other day. Andy, I want to win a million dollars this weekend. How do I do it in a parlay? I said, well, come on. First thing I did was laugh. He's like, I'm serious. I want to win a million in a parlay. What do I have to do? Who has to score? I said, well, look, there's four games. So 
You can pick a TD score from each game. He goes, can you do that? But can you do that for me? I said, well, let me, let me take a look. Let me look at the app, and let me see who has a legitimate shot to actually score, not just throwing guys in to try to have your payout at a million, but where you actually can win this bet. You can win this parlay. And I came up with it. The payout is a million dollars. But I told him he's nuts because he's risking 10250 bucks on a parlay. He's crazy. People call me nuts for risking six or eight hundred. And you know what? You're probably right. But risking ten thousand two fifty on a long shot parlay, ninety six to one, that's that's nuts. But I hope he wins. I hope he wins and I hope he tips well. I'll go over that parlay and the NFL games coming up this weekend. I'll do that in just a minute. We got a lot of action at Gulfstream Park. That's going on right now. You don't even have to wait until tomorrow or Sunday. It is the championship meet happening at Gulfstream Park right now. They are racing live Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are live races at Gulfstream Park. And the championship meet, that means the best of the best, the best horses in the world, the best jockeys in the world, the best trainers in the world, they're all in Hollandale Beach right now at Gulfstream Park. When I go to Gulfstream Park, I go to their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms. I sit down at a fantastic table with a great view, have an excellent meal, and you know me, I wager on the races, of course. You could wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Be part of Gulfstream Park's championship meet with live racing Thursday through Sunday. It's going on right now. Head on over there whenever you can in Hollandale Beach. It's our own backyard. It's Gulfstream Park. Marlins man had me select four players for him for this parlay. He wagered he's risking 10,250 bucks and it wins just over 1 million dollars. Crazy. Absolutely crazy for risking that much money. Here are the players and I think this wager has a chance to win. It's a long shot. It's 96 to 1. But it doesn't sound like it is a 96 to 1 long shot. These four players need to score. If these four players score, he wins a million dollars based on my advice. And Marlon's man, he's all about paying it forward. So I'm hoping he wins. Nico Collins, Romeo Dobbs for the Packers against the 49ers. And he just scored last week. Sam Laporta on the Lions. And Dalton Kincaid on the Bills. What's crazy is those four players, they all scored last week. Now, you may think, okay, well, that means they're not going to do it again. But we're talking about a 96 to 1 wager where last week it would have probably been like 150 to 1 or even more. 
we're talking about a wager that would have already hit last week. This isn't like lottery numbers. Now, I'm not saying this is going to hit. It's 96 to 1. A 96 to 1 shot is never supposed to hit. I was just talking about Gulfstream Park. If you bet on a 96 to 1 shot, chances are that horse is not winning. It's not supposed to win. But I feel like this wager is it's got a better shot than a 96 to 1 horse winning a race. Because these are all proven touchdown scores. They all scored last week. If they all score again this week, that's a million bucks for Marlins, man. We know he needs the money, so make sure you root for him. That guy's hurting so bad. Legitimately, though, if he does win, I know he will share that with I don't know how many people, a lot of people. He'll give it to people in need, good causes, He'll probably buy season tickets for some followers. Who knows? I know Marlins man will share the wealth. There's a lot of people that think, oh, you know, he just wants to be on television. You know what? He he gives away so much. It's it's incredible. I hope he hits this for a million bucks. And the Hard Rock, that app, I mean, I like the app. I love the app. I don't know if they're rooting for him or not. (laughs) Sure, they don't want to give up a million bucks, but I hope he wins it. So I'm going to be watching all these games regardless, whether he had that parlay in or not. As far as any of my parlays, I'm not publishing my own parlay this weekend. I'm just rooting for Marlins, man. I publish my own parlays. I don't win. When I don't publish them, I do win. So maybe I'll just play one and not publish it and, and win and publicly root for Marlins Man's $1 million payout parlay. We got some good games, though. I think they're all going to be good. Usually this weekend is very good. A lot of people tend to believe that the Sunday late game will be the best. The Chiefs' first road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes as he's going into Josh Allen's house. Both teams have been down a bit this year. The Bills... They seem much better now. The Chiefs, they haven't really had that good of a season. Too many problems at wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey has also taken a step back. But their D is good, and the Bills, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, seem to be on different pages. They fired their OC, Ken Dorsey, this season, but they're still AFC East champs. They're at home hosting the Chiefs, and it should be a great game. I would imagine because of the rivalry, Dolphins fans will be pulling for Mahomes just because they don't want to see the team from their division go to the AFC championship game. For me, I just want to see a great game. I know both QBs are capable of it, and I just want to I want to walk away from my television Sunday night saying that was one heck of a weekend in football. The Texans and Ravens, they start everything off tomorrow. The Ravens... The last time they did what they just did this season, and that was rest everybody the final week, have a bye week, and then they lost. It was to the Tennessee Titans, I believe. So they've had a lot of time off. 
I'm not a big believer in giving your players so much time off, more time than they've had all season, because it just takes away from a rhythm. But we'll see how the Ravens do. I like the Texans in this, not only because of the time off, but C.J. Stroud, he's been ridiculously impressive. For a young player, the throws he makes, and he may make one to uh, Nico Collins for a touchdown. Then we got the Packers and 49ers, and the 49ers also rested some guys. That team is so good. Jordan Love also looked good against the Cowboys. So was the Cowboys just being really bad, or are the Packers better than a lot of us think? And then the early game Sunday, the Lions. The Lions have a legit shot to make some real noise and get to that NFC Championship game. They should. Amon Ross, St. Brown, the running backs, Montgomery and Gibbs. That's going to be a crowd full of energy. Winning their first playoff game and now possibly going to the NFC title game. Poof. And they're taking on the Bucs. The, the Bucs, eh. They, they beat the Eagles. The Eagles, they've been a disaster. Right after that Miami game, ever since they beat the Dolphins, they've just been a disaster. I can't see Baker Mayfield going into Detroit and and winning. So we're probably looking at a 49ers-Lions matchup for the NFC title game. And you would think the Ravens and Bills in the AFC title game. But I would look out for the Texans. Something else a lot of you are looking out for, your financial future. I talk a lot about money on this program. Some of you, maybe you're not so smart with it. Here, it's 2024, New Year. Get smart with it. Contact Trajan Wealth. We all have goals in life, life objectives, financial goals. Maybe you just made them here in 2024. Most of the time, they're not easy to achieve. Trajan Wealth, they want to help you. And it will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth will design a plan based around those goals that you have. You bring the goals to them. You say, hey, Trajan Wealth, these are my goals. How do I get there? They will design a plan based exactly around your goals. Visit TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call them. They're located locally in Palm Beach. 561-390-1000. Let Trajan Wealth start helping you today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. I gave you so many long segments, I'm already out of time. We got a full sports menu this weekend, though, so I'm looking forward to it, and then I'll catch you guys on Monday. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.